Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double breasted black blazer from a new to me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for, but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Monica Packer, and you're listening to About Progress, where we are about progress made practical. Have you ever had that feeling when you look up at the stars, maybe on a night when the sky is really clear, or even if you've had the chance to visit a planetarium, and you look up and you see all the stars, and they just keep going and going and going, and you feel overwhelmed with that existential dread sensation that I can only put into words like, what is life? Honestly, I have just about the same experience when I consider love and think about, well, what is love? Is love just semantics? Is it a feeling? Is it an action? What if the way I have long defined, viewed, and valued love is different from those I'm in a loving relationship with? And how has all of that been informed in me anyway? Is it made up? Is it just from the movies and the books that I read growing up or even now? Does it all come back to how my parents loved each other? And you know, it's enough to make anyone spiral into existential dread. So to help us not spiral, I am so excited to be sharing an interview with Dr. Sara Nasirzadeh. Dr. Sara will share a new way to look at love. And as part of that, 
a new way to love and be loved. Love gets twisted from how we perceive it to the expectations we have on it, to even how we love ourselves. Dr. Sara is interested in helping people move past a more superficial love to the type of love that's more lasting, more real, and more desirable, all by design, not by chance. Dr. Sara Nasrzadeh is a world-renowned social psychologist specializing in sexuality, relationships, and intercultural fluency. She's delivered more than 500 keynote addresses and workshops worldwide. She recently released her newest book, Love by Design, where she shares the proven research to how to create thriving relationships from the bedroom to the boardroom. You can learn more about Dr. Sara at wwwsara nasarzadecom That's all linked for you in the show notes. We're going to be talking about love coming up after a quick break. It may not be the beginning of the year anymore, but it is never too late to create your own do something list. I have a fully updated and free training to help you create a DSL to add more fulfillment, more fun, and more you into your 2024. The results have been life-changing for so, so many. The free training includes a guide, me teaching a workshop in either video or audio form, however you learn best, and tons of updated examples of real DSLs from members of our own community. You can find it all by going to aboutprogress.com DSL. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Dr. Sara, welcome to About Progress. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just going to go right in to the deep end here because. I just want to know right off the bat, why love? Why is that a topic that you are so interested in? You've not only spent decades researching this and helping people with their love lives, but also you've written a whole book on the topic. Yeah. Why does this matter to you? I have a whole story as to why I was always very fascinated by it, yet um, confused. Because when I was asking people around me, aka my parents, you know, the first people that you ask, like, why did you marry each other? And they often told me something that we have in Farsi. They said, love is like a watermelon. So mm -hmm. when you open it, you don't know if you have the red and juicy ones or you get the tasteless ones. I'm like, that's not the answer. <laughs> this is horrible, right? So I thought, okay, so that was not helpful. And then little by little, <laughs> as I grew older, I look around me, marriages fall apart, hearts are broken. So this is a part of life that all of us experience, right? Yeah. So those were the initial seeds that were implanted in my head. And then it was so bad to the point that when I was 15, I read a study that talked about 50% of marriages end up in divorce. 
So I am not kidding you. I quit going to weddings. I Starting thought, at 15. Yes, at 15. And I thought, you know what? Why are you celebrating this 50% of chance? This, is, this does not make any sense. And then little by little again, you know, life happened. And then I met my own husband, you know, now husband, you know. And then I figured if I want to be with this person, I better have an answer as how this thing works. Because I do not want to add to that statistics. So that is the simple version. But obviously, along the way, a lot of stories, a lot of things unfolded. And uh, yeah, and then I really did dedicate my life to deconstruct this concept that when people say, I love you, I'm not in love with you, you're love worthy, you're not love worthy. What do we even talk about? Well, that's, this is what I'm excited to break down because I'm with you there. Like once you start to actually question the language we use and all the meaning we put behind it, and you just start to wonder, does any of that really make sense? Or is it really what we think it is? And if so, why? And if not, why? And what can we do to better improve the loving relationships we have and that we want and in ways where it's more intentional and less just up to chance? And that's what I feel like love to me often feels like. It just seems like it's destiny or you like stumble across it by chance. You fall in love by chance. You stay in love by chance. And I believe your premise is all different. I want to learn more about it. But first, can we start with what are we getting wrong? about love? Unfortunately, I have to say maybe a little bit of a background. Um, so I studied linguistics to begin with, and then oh. I went to write social psychology, and then I went to psychosexual therapy and then couples counseling, you know? So I got my hands into different parts of a relationship. The way that I see it is relational spaces from bedroom to boardroom, right? And if you really look at all of these spaces, love has a place in all of these. However, in many of these places, we have a rule. For example, every year they have a review. You sit together, 360 review. Um, are you abiding by the culture of the company? Is this still serving you? Are you still serving us? All of that. But we don't have that for intimate relationships. And we spend majority of our times we make the most important decisions of our lives in those intimate relationships, right? Again, going back to me, my questioning mind, that did not make sense. What we get wrong is the process that we are introduced to very early on through movies, through anything that we are watching and hearing is there are two people come together. We start spending time together. So think about the resources that we spend. And resources for me are fourfold, right? Money, time, attention, and energy. We start pouring a lot of that into that space, right? We spend a lot of time together, share our friends together, you know, all of that. And then we come together. And when one plus one equals one, then we are like, yay, we are in love. So let's just mm -hmm. move forward with the next step. You live together and then there's legality around it that is going to be formed in the form of being engaged or on paper, living together, cohabiting as, you know, uh, with the civil rights or getting married or producing something together or um, adopting a pet together, you know, producing meaning like having children together, right? Mm -hmm. So 
that is the model. But what I've seen across so many countries that I worked in, more than 41 now, it's mm. really interesting. It does not work. Because if the two of you are one, one entity, imagine where does the pet go? Where does the child go? Where does the sick parent go? Where does the financial crisis of the world go? So you don't have any capacity in that mishmush of the situation to handle it with two adult grown-up minds, right? So that is what we get wrong that I call submergent love. One plus one equals one. Nothing else is accepted. But this one plus one equals one that is accepted. And to make it worse, we expect that to remain the same forever. Okay. My husband and I were talking about this recently. One of my friends, when she got married, her mom and I were talking and she said, you know, marriage is a crapshoot. <laughs> and when she said that, I thought, well, that's a weird thing to say the morning of your daughter's wedding. And now, you know, it's been probably... 14 years later, I, my husband and I were talking about this. We're like, she's so right. In many ways, you don't know who you're going to be, who the other person is going to be, how you will evolve separately and together. And that marriage will and love changes as people change or don't change. And I'm trying to square that with the old model. And obviously I can't, you know, one plus one equals one. That's part of the problem is we're expecting it to stay the same, we're, ex we're expecting us to be a single entity. So what was there another model then that we should be kind of switching our gaze to and trying to understand differently about love? Yes, absolutely. So the emergent love model. When I started to do this work, I realized that one of the issues we had with love is that we wanted to remain the same, right? It's static. But love is dynamic. As you mentioned, we change. The other person changes, hopefully, you know, and both of us change. And there are so many things in life that happens, right? Imagine that a log and a spark, they come together. As long as they're in conducive context, fueled with oxygen, it's the, the fire that they create stays. But take away the spark or take away the log, even for a second, do you have a fire? No. So imagined entity is when everything is coming together, the crucial or elements, they are present and they are in interaction with one another day after day. So that that emergent entity, which is the love in this case, has a chance to emerge. So one plus one equals three. Okay, I thought you were going to say two. <laughs> because when I, when I heard about the other model that I've been, you know, thinking of and probably following for much of my life, one plus one equals one, I think like wholeness, togetherness, being in synergy together, moving as one together. And I thought you were maybe going to say, no, we just need to be separate entities, but it's different than that. So so can you explain, break that down a little bit more for someone like me who was hearing this for the first time, they might be a little confused. Like what's so bad about the other model and how was this math like working out? 
Right. Probably mathematicians out there are going to really hate me right now. One plus one <laughs> plus three. Um, but okay, that's a great question. Let's look at it this way. If you really think of a triangle, right? And then the triangle has the tip on the, on the ground, we call love. Okay. So they fall in love, be in love, the rest will follow, right? That is the mm -hmm. promise. And as a married person, I think you know that it does not follow just automatically, right? Yes. But it, how about if we flip it over and the base of the pyramid or the triangle is on the floor, on the solid ground, and then these six ingredients that we found through our research, they need to be present for love to have a chance to even emerge. Let's say, for example, a couple comes, one plus one equals one, right? They are in love, infatuated, they are together, all of that. Over a period of time, the reason they come to me or my colleagues is that they really don't feel seen. They don't feel appreciated. They don't feel as a person anymore. It actually happened to me. I had to come with a full disclosure in the book because it feels like, it felt to me that one day actually I had a panic attack as I was with mm -hmm. my friend. And then when I came home, uh, I told my husband, I said, I had a panic attack. That was so strange. Um, I don't know where it came from. And I just ignored it. But then I went to a psychologist for an analysis. He said, well, do you like to look at your close relationships, a.k.a. your marriage? I said, how dare you? It's perfect. <laughs> my marriage is perfect. And he said, well, maybe it's too perfect. Talking about perfectionism, right? Oh, so maybe you're too close, maybe you're too enmeshed. So it took us a while with my husband of 23 years that we yeah. really worked it out so that in every day, which part of me, where do I end, where do you begin in every interaction? So how do we incorporate all of these ingredients that are absolutely critical for an emergent love to make sure that we are intentional? and conscious about which one of them is at play at every phase of our lives, you know, becoming parents, immigration, all of these, right? So each phase requires different strength that you can borrow from one of these um, ingredients. So in the old model, basically what happens is you reach a point that you keep asking for a space. I need my space. It's not some sort of an acquired narcissism. Because you went through this codependency for such a long time that you have to push the other person away to feel like a person yourself. And in this new one, you are two separate people that are choosing to be in the same or in similar, I guess, time, money, energy, space and giving that to each other too and to yourself. And that's what creates the third part, which is the love. Exactly. And you okay. have... Not the codependency, not independency, but you have interdependency. You know where and how to rely on each other. And the ingredients mm -hmm. that came out of our research, and I keep referring back to our research, there were two pieces of research that informed this. One of them was 312 couples that I personally worked with. And these couples are from all across the world and walks of life. The question I started with was, why do marriages fail? Why do relationships fail? But then I flipped it over and I started asking, why do relationships thrive? Then okay. I started getting the answers I wanted. Mm -hmm. so this, and that's another flip. Yes, that's another flip, right? 
So those resources that you're talking about, like, you know, that, uh, that I mentioned earlier, they need to be put behind the six ingredients that matter. Because a lot of couples with good heart, good intention, they pour so much of their resources somewhere that does not matter. Okay. So the resources are different than the ingredients. Yes. Yes. So okay. the resources are time, energy, attention, money. Okay. And then um, do you mind sharing what the ingredients are too, just for, so that they have yep. that overview? Absolutely. So the ingredients are mutual attraction. And I'm not talking about sexual chemistry only. Respect, mm -hmm. trust, shared vision, compassion, and loving behaviors. Mm. So these are the six ingredients. And I can see how resources will be different depending on the ingredient and also the season of life and where people are at within that season and which resources you'll need to access to nourish an ingredient to then nourish the love. What I love so much about this, Dr. Sara, is like you talked about before the old model is you fall in love, then all of those ingredients come after just mm -hmm. like by chance. It's just what happens when you're in love with someone then you're going to be mutually attracted to them. You're going to treat them in loving ways. When really it's the reverse. It's when we when we apply ourselves by design to these ingredients, use the resources we have to lean into the ones that we need, then that's what creates the stability and the love, right? Exactly. And both parties feel that they are thriving. So after that first research, okay. when all of these came about, we did a U.S. representative sample. So basically 159 couples who self-identified as thriving. Some of them have been together for 50 years. The minimum was one year. So it, it was a big range. When we asked them about these ingredients, they talked about everyday interactions. That, and there are new meanings that they shared with us. Like, for example, for respect. Respect mm -hmm. is not just be polite and courteous. And that's, that's not only... That's not what it is. Respect is, well, based on the wording of it, linguistic part of me coming up. To look and to look again, that's respect. Meaning I keep re-knowing you. I keep oh. re-learning you. I keep making your life easier. I keep learning what makes your life meaningful to you. And then I put mm -hmm. my efforts there. So I see how so that's deeper too. You know, like being polite can be, it can be seen as respectful, but it's more of a surface level. Um, it's almost like a false respect. Although you could, when you really deeply respect someone, you are polite to them too. But if we're just staying in the surface level, that's where we lose the love. Absolutely. Like, for example, my couples come, I ask them, obviously I ask them like, you know, how much respect do you think you have for one another? And then they say, well, a lot. What do you mean? I'm like, well, I didn't see it. You kept interrupting each other. That's very disrespectful to me. You know? Uh, I bet they're like, oh, uh, oops, didn't realize. <laughs> so when I'm thinking about this old model, I think a lot of people will have that fear of letting go because they think they're letting go of these feelings of safety, of togetherness, of 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 really being this this force together, like a singular force in many ways. But as I'm just listening to you, and I've also been digging into your research, and I, it, it to me just makes much more sense because it's such, such a deeper way to get to that thing that you wanted. 
So it's not like you're saying goodbye to that. You're just doing it in a deeper and more different way. Exactly. Deeper and actually more real way. More if real. You, okay. More real. If you really see it, the participants of our research, if you really talk to them, you will see. They are in their like 60s, 70s, 80s, and still being refueled and refilled with the love they have for one another. And that's what I call love. That's what wow. we are looking for. That's what, what uh, like the research shows. If you're in a loving partnership, your blood pressure is lower. Your cholesterol level is lower. The general happy hormones, so to speak, are higher. Uh, that's what they're talking about. Not falling in love, being infatuated for like two seconds and then the rest of life, you're just chasing it. Chasing something that mm. what? Is not even to be chased. It's not there even. That's not love. Let's take a quick break for our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Hum Nutrition, a leading vitamin brand on the forefront of wellness and one that I've used on my own for years, which made me really happy when I saw that their supplement Flatter Me went viral on TikTok. Flatter Me is a supplemental blend of 18 digestive enzymes that help break down food for better digestion and was shown in a clinical study to reduce bloating. I don't know about you, but as I get older, I've been feeling a little sad about certain foods that make my stomach not feel very good, bloating included. And that has included broccoli to my favorite dessert, ice cream. It's been a bummer to feel like I can't eat the things I always have in the past. However, with Flatter Me, I can. You simply take a capsule before a main meal or a treat that leads to a bit of digestive issues and witness how it optimizes the digestive process and helps manage bloating. Hum helps in so many areas of your health from gut to skin and more. Curious to learn more about Flatter Me and the other clean and effective Hum Nutrition solutions? We have a very special offer for you. Head to humnutrition.com, that's H-U-M nutrition.com, and get 40% off your first order with code PROGRESS. Reach your wellness goals and head to humnutrition.com, that is H-U-M nutrition.com, today as this offer expires soon. Terms and conditions apply. just a little real talk for you. Producing a high quality podcast that airs twice a week takes a great deal of time and surprisingly a decent amount of cash. If you want to keep accessing this content for free, please consider financially supporting the show for as little as $2 a month. As a listener supported show, you literally keep our lights on. You can check out all the levels and their amazing benefits, including our premium podcast, More Personal, by being a supporter of About Progress and going to aboutprogress.com slash support. And thank you so, so much for your support. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's not love. Okay. So this is where 
I'm going to use my logical mind and ask you, I know that there's so much more to this, and I know that's where we want to direct them to your book, Love by Design, but I want to give them a place to kind of start Mm -hmm. and more practically so, because even though so much of this work feels a lot deeper, it also seems like there's things on the outside with our resources that we need to do as well. So if you can just give us just a few ways that we can start acting differently or shift the ways that we're approaching the most important loving relationships we have in our lives, presumably with a partner of some sorts. What are some practical ways we can make some changes to how we are both loving someone and also being loved? Absolutely. First and foremost, you need to know your love blueprint. So in however way that you think you've been loved, what was the definition of love? So for example, go forward, give, um, give grandpa a kiss. That was a sign of, don't you love him? Come here, cook for me today. Uh, Don't you love me? Oh, you should have known to pack me this snack versus the other one. Don't you love me? So what was the language of love when you were growing up? And how are you applying it now into uh, multiple relationships that you have with your loved ones, Mm -hmm. with parents, with children, with your partner, whoever that you assume to be in a loving relationship with you, with the friend? So that's one. The love blueprint is very important. I give you a very concrete example. When I do my workshops, often I ask people to bring two objects for me. One is the love that they desire and one to represent the love that they feel they deserve. Okay. One of the most memorable ones that I had recently was a lady who came and brought a very cozy blanket very small, cozy, like one of these blankies almost, you know, mm-hmm. so okay. one of those and a very spiky rock on the other hand. I said, okay, mm-hmm. so what is happening? She started crying. She said, look, when I first got the blankie, I felt like, ooh, she's so soft. I want to be embraced by this. But then when I thought about the love that I think I deserve, I went for this spiky rock. So how do you marry these two? If, mm-hmm. So that was also the person, just as a matter of background, that ended up to her words in wrong relationships. Okay. So if you feel like, you know, you need this, you want this, but you deserve this, that piece of deserving comes from your blueprint Got as it. a child and also as a grown up in significant relationships that you've experienced in your life. So knowing your love blueprint is very important. Okay. And then with that, I'm sure they're going to have to do some deep thinking. I love that object lesson, though, because to me, that can help for someone who might have a hard time trying to dig back in the past or to try to bring that up to the forefront. It's hard to name. Mm -hmm. An object might be most helpful in, in, in putting the words to both the memories and experiences, but also just your own desires as well. That's great. Yeah. And also to your point of the fear of letting go of the concept that you grew up with. Do you think it was easy for me to letting go? you know, of that concept? Mm. No, it wasn't. I wanted to be Cinderella, you know, Mm. many little girls dream to do that, you know. But on the other side of it, I've sat so much with pain. I can't take it anymore. When there is a better way, why not? Why not? You know, let's democratize the science of love so Mm. everybody can have access to it. Everyone deserves to be in their desired loving relationship. 
I 100% disagree when people say, I don't deserve to be loved. I don't deserve to be in a loving relationship. Look at her. She doesn't deserve that. Or no, I'm not on that camp. Everyone can make it happen. For those who are ready to get into the, this, I'm, I deserve to have the love I desire. After they've considered their love blueprint, what else would you recommend they do? Okay. Thank you for that question. Then if they are in a partnership, they're going to get to know the love blueprint of the other person. And that's a matter of conversation. So for example, if a person brings a glass, the other person brings a rock, what are you expecting? So Mm -hmm. it's important for them to really see it. And psychologically speaking, uh, using an object in this case, put a degree of separation between you and what you think and what actually is. So it's, it makes it easier. Now, after knowing one's blueprint, then you need to learn how to put yourself out there and communicate it. So okay. one is learning it, experiencing it for yourself, and then expressing it outwardly. So you said you have to, you have to be able to feel it yourself mm-hmm. and then express it. When you say feel it yourself, um, does that, is that self-love or is that just, is that something different? So again, thank you for that informed question. Self-love is a part of it. So loving yourself. Again, there's a lot of terminology out there that honestly, this is to me acquired narcissism. It's very, very different. Self-love means loving many through one. When you love yourself, you can love anyone who is around you. So that's a baseline. Oh. We can, if we can really get to that place and look at all the hatred that is promoted in the world these days, we need more love, but real, real quality, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. if you really have self-love, heal your narcissistic injury, the injury to your ego, the injury to the soul, to yourself, then you can actually put yourself out there with that knowledge of love blueprint and to be able to receive the love that is expressed to you. Oh, again, like this is one of those things. We don't want to let go of the old model because that's what we want. But to actually get that model, we have to do it differently. It's the same thing here. A, bar- a part of that like narcissistic version of love that you talked about is because we love that feeling mm-hmm. of being admired, of being appro- um, respected, of being supported. But when you misplace that, you put it first, you put it at the bottom then it will never be enough, right? It's not going to ever fill your your love tank. But if you are coming from a place of it, you already feel it yourself, then you actually can invite someone in to love you. Exactly. And you can receive it. You can perceive their okay. act as acts of love. Because how many mm. people do you know that they are in a loving relationship and they actually sabotage it? Yeah. That comes from that to prove to that, uh, injured ego that, see, I told you I didn't deserve it. Got it. Right? That's where the rock, the spiky rock is <laughs> interfering with the cozy blanket. So I didn't mean to spend more time on this, but I am interested if we can just dig in just a bit more to that that self-love piece. Because this has been such a talking point in the zeitgeist, I think, for the past 10 years or so. Like, self-love, love yourself. It's really hard. <laughs> and also... It can almost become another narcissistic way of viewing things, if that makes sense. It, I don't know. It, it gets twisted. So can you 
share anything on this topic that you think will actually help people better than just the trite words, love yourself. Absolutely. I give you a very quick assessment point that I give to my uh, clients. Okay. Whenever you hear yourself say, you know what? I need to take a a shower to recharge. That's a sign of self-love. That means that you know what you need in that moment in time. Go get it. It's not too complicated. Mm -hmm. Right? Go get it. I'm recharging myself. But whenever you hear you say, I need my space. Know that this is not coming from a place of self-love. Because And why is that? Imagine the gesture around it. When I'm recharging myself, just listen to my tone. I need my space. I need to recharge for a bit. How did you receive this? The latter one? Both. How did you receive them? Yeah. The first one felt like accusatory, you Mm -hmm. know? The second one felt like it was more just about you. Exactly. And... The other person is more likely to give you benefit of the doubt and to even help you to get there because you're going to recharge your batteries and come back. There is no disconnect. There's no rupture. But when I say I need a space, you are the burden. I'm taking a space from you. Yeah. Okay. So that is the little assessment that we can do. That is it coming from true self-love, self-care? which is also mm-hmm. going hand in hand with self-love, or it's actually I'm giving, 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 giving to the point that I just have nothing else to give, and then I'm just going to push the whole world away. Okay. And I'm looking back to the ingredients you shared, as well as the resources, and how that directly applies to love of self, too. Mm -hmm. Just recognizing where am I lacking this for myself, and what resources will help me lean into that ingredient better. Uh, Because like we talked about at the beginning of this conversation, we evolve, we change. Also, our needs change, and what we need from ourselves change. Um, So- This is giving me more of that practical lens on how to do that instead of just like, okay, I love you. That doesn't feel like self-love, but what, you know, that, that gives me a way to act on it. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. And in everything that you think about, really think about your resources. The reason I came up with those four resources and nothing more is because those are the one, if you look at them, we don't have Mm -hmm. them endless quantity. Okay. Money, time, attention. Mm. energy. We don't have endless of them. Mm. So it's important to put intentions behind. Who am I in that one plus one equals three? How much of it goes to my one? How much of it to the other one? And how much of it am I going to intentionally put into the third circle, which is the relationship? And all of these are in interaction with one another constantly. So that so the three here again, me, you, and our relationship. Yes. That is what makes three. And we work together by design to nourish all three. 
But, you know, we, we take care of ourselves. We take care of each other. We take care of our relationship. This is all making so much sense to me. And I, I'm just like, it is so revolutionary, too, at the same time. It, while, while it makes so much sense, it is so revolutionary. And I and I do want to lean a little bit more into the last thing you just mentioned. And I'm sure there's maybe more to this, but let's keep it to what you just suggested here. Knowing your blueprint, knowing your partner's blueprint, leaning into your own blueprint, just like knowing how to love yourself and then being able to communicate and invite someone to give it back to you. Um, communication, setting expectations. A lot of us find that really difficult when we think someone who loves us should just know what we need. That Let's talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. Yes. Look, think about the times that we were dating, right? Or when for your audience who are actually dating now, right? Wouldn't that be nice if you remembered <laughs> what my favorite flower was? Hmm. It is nice. It's wonderful. Or in, your colleague remembers that, you know, oh, you are actually allergic to this and that not. So they're, or they organize the holiday party in a way that is convenient to you. It's wonderful to be seen. That's amazing, right? But over a period of years, if that's really important to you, it's one of those things that you feel, again, we are talking about people who did their own work, coming to the relationship, not expecting mm -hmm. the other person to make them like full or complete. So when you are in a relationship, it's extremely important to have a balance between these two. One is, I always tell my uh, couples that you both look like angels to me, but not mind readers. And we do a little exercise what to see in the room, to the best of our knowledge, even to a gimmicky side, like, you know, we do a little bit of a charade, you know, whatever. Can you read what's on my mind? No, you can't, right? So what do you expect that from the person who you live with and you have such high expectations from them? And to make it worse, it's not just you didn't know I was thirsty, you didn't bring me water. I go all the way to you don't love me anymore, do you? So we question the whole thing. So that's another thing. One thing that I would love for people to do in practical ma uh, manners is don't expect that your partner guide you through everything. Show sh some initiative, for example. That's why I say balance. It's not okay that every single occasion your partner has to tell you, uh, can you please buy me that bag? Can you please buy me that clip? Can you buy me, you know, those socks, you know, whatever. That's not okay. Show some initiative. You know that by now that you're living together, you know, for people who are together, you know, some information. Take a risk. That's very mm. to take a risk. Take a risk. Go. You know that she likes pink, but you don't know what object. Get her something pink. Who cares? She returns it. Just do it. Right? So yeah. instead of just going back, a lot of my couples fall off the track because of that. Little things mm -hmm. happen. And by the time they get to me, they say, well, he never gets me gift anymore. She never gets me gift anymore. Or they never do this for me anymore. And then I say, well, was there a time that they did? And yes, there was for most couples. For some couples, no. And then it's really interesting when you go back and ask them what happened. Well, every time I got a gift, she returned them. Every time I did this, he scolded me because I spent money. So, you know, so then we go to another conversation. But as we are talking about not being a mind reader, 
there are certain areas that you can take risks just to bring okay. it all together. There are certain areas that you cannot take risks. So for example, you need to have a conversation with each other that what are the things that bring you pleasure in your intimate setting, for example, right? And listen, listen carefully. If the person shares something 15 times and you don't pay attention, again, you do it the way that you want, that's horrible. Yeah. That's not just, oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't read your mind. That's just you're negligent. Yeah. You're just lazy. <laughs> don't do that in the couple them. That's disrespectful. Right? So that's how all of these ingredients come to play in different conversations that we have within a relational space. Does that make sense? It does. It also is one of those things like we can't just give prescriptions which mm -hmm. I find so many people take comfort in and want to do and want to replicate. They watch something on a talk show, like do this for your partner, or your loved one. And it doesn't work for that other person because it doesn't actually match what they want or need, but it also hasn't been communicated. Like it's there, this is a tangle. Love is a crapshoot. We're going to go back to my friend's mom's statement, but it's not one that we can't all do better at. There is hope. And so much more hope when we realize it's not left up to fate or chance, especially when you have two people who are willing to do the work both separately and together. And so for those people who are ready to do that, I want to direct them to your book. Can you tell us what they can expect to find in Love by Design? I wrote this book based on personal experience, based on clinical experience with many, many couples over the past 20 years. So the, the reason I called it Love by Design, six ingredients to build a lifetime of love is because that's what you can expect. So the first part of the book, I'm going to talk about how we got ourselves into this mess. The reason I wanted to cover that is even within that, there are so many things that we need to dispel to get to the other part. Because I understand this is a revolution. I understand that this mm. is a new model. I understand we didn't grow up with it. But does it mean that if we are in a dirt road and somebody says, here's a, here's a road that is not going to give you flat tire, are you not going to take it? You know? Yeah. So the logic says, let's do it, right? So the first part is that even I'm even without giving too much away, even like those statistics, 50% of marriages end up in divorce. That's not true. I wondered that. Right? It's so, yeah. everything is so perpetuated. Nobody questions nothing anymore. Right? Huh. So okay. all of those will be in the part one. The part two, I'm going to introduce the readers into the six ingredients. And I give the definition, like, for example, the same with respect. I talk about why we don't need, for example, too much empathy, but we need compassion in relationships. So there are so many things that you're hearing for the first time, but I promise there is research behind it. There is uh, beyond our own research, but there is other research behind this because we know a lot now about the neuroscience and the relational science that we can pull from, right? So that's the, this part. And then the other part of it, is I give a lot of building blocks for this designing of the love that they uh, desire, a lot of exercises, a lot of um, things that they can to do together and also alone for individuals who are single and looking as well. So I have a whole part about getting ready for love. 
And then the third part, I'm giving the checking points. Uh, what can they do every day? What can they do every week, every month, and every year? So there are tons of um, exercises that they can make uh, and adapt uh, to their own context and use. And um, I hope to God that as many people as possible are really accepting to their heart this new model of love, the emergent love model. And if I die tomorrow, I'm happy if I can change the world in that way. So that would be my liberation is theirs. So I'm hoping that um, it helps them. Knowing your why behind it all, I mean, that just gave me, you know, the the good kind of shivers. Like I've just... I, I believe in you and I believe in your work and I can't wait for my audience to dig in more to what you have to share with us. This book is out now and so they can go and order it and get it wherever they get their books. Is there anywhere else online they should head if they want to learn more from you? Um, if they want to have resources, they can go to the lovebydesignbook.com. Okay. There are some resources that I put up there for people to go and download and yeah, and on Instagram, I do the daily posts, daily dosage, but it's Instagram. So it's not like a deeper dive, as you know. But on the website, I try to upload the resources. And if they are a part of my newsletter, they will receive the worksheets and different things. And as our research evolves, I share with our circle as well. Oh, great. Okay. Well, we will link to all those things in the show notes. My final question for you is what is one small way listeners can take action on what they've learned today? If you are in a relationship, think about making your partner's life easier. Just show a little bit of act of kindness go out of your way. Even if you don't feel like it, love yourself and yeah, love many through one start with yourself that's what I would say beautiful no better note to end on than that thank you so much for your time Dr. Sara we appreciate it thank you so much I appreciate you thank you I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants you need to grow. I'll now share the progress pointers. These are the notes I took so you don't have to, and those on my newsletter get them in a graphic form each week. You can sign up at aboutprogress.com newsletter. Number one, our definition of love is informed by so many factors, how we were raised, how love was modeled for us, what we ingest from culture, and so much more. Number two, love is not one plus one equals one the submergent model, meaning you plus your partner equals one entity. Instead, follow the emergent love model. One plus one equals three, three meaning you, your partner, and your relationship. Number three, this model requires you to invest in resources that allow love to emerge as an interdependent entity. It includes money, time, attention, and energy. Number four, Pour these resources into these six ingredients. The ingredients research shows create thriving relationships. They're mutual attraction, respect, trust, shared vision, compassion, and loving behaviors. 
Love shouldn't create those ingredients. Those ingredients create a deeper, more real love. And number five, some practical ways to boost how we love and are loved include know your love blueprint, know your loved one's blueprint, feel your blueprint, meaning show love to yourself and express your blueprint, meaning communicate what you want and need. Your do something challenge for this week is to show one small act of kindness to your loved one, starting with yourself. I love this episode with Dr. Sarah so much. And her Instagram is really hopping, by the way, you should go check it out. And her book truly is incredible. Um, So go check out Love by Design as well. Before we go, a quick reminder that this show is listener supported. I have been so loving showing up in ways that are reaching more of you listeners in more ways, including an upcoming meetup we're having online. And we were going to also have an upcoming workshop for those of the ride and die level. And as well as my premium private podcast called more personal. It's been so fun to do things in new ways. Um, Upcoming, we're going to do a whole deep dive on Rachel Hollis. So I think you're going to really love that. You can support the show by going to aboutprogress.com slash support. And by the way, you can always support the show for free. Simply share this episode with someone you love. Thank you so much for listening. Now go and do something with what you learned today. And can you tell me, I apologize. I wish I knew how to do this, but can you tell me your last name? So I make sure of I pronounce course, it right. Don't, don't worry at all. So my full name is Sarah Nasserzadeh. Nasserzadeh? Oh, that was perfect. Yes. Was it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. That might be a first because I'm terrible at pronouncing things in my own na- native language. So <laughs> this is great. Okay. Dr. Sarah, I'm excited. This will be awesome. I'll welcome you to the show and we'll dig in. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.